McShane Bible Study Day 176 and 177. Uh, we are starting in Deuteronomy 30 and 31. And we're getting close to the end of Deuteronomy, close to the end of Moses' life. And God is speaking about uh, repenting and forgiving. He's just gone over all the blessings and all the cursings and the choice being before them. And he says, when you do choose curse and you are spread throughout the world, um, when you turn back, return to the Lord, you and your children, obey his voice and all that I command you today with all your heart and with all your soul, then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have mercy on you. And he will gather you again from all the people where the Lord your God has scattered you. Um, I, I really see this as... So uh, all these things happen. And in 31, he's going to say, look, this is... <laughs> Can you take the squeaky toy away from the dog, please? Um, in 31, God's even going to tell Moses, look, the people are going to turn away from you. It's going to happen. Um, but... <sighs> Callum. Um, the so there's a picture of the the people Israel did multiple times. You know, we can talk about one or two times, but it was many times. There's probably two that are bigger: the Babylonian captivity, and then uh, after Jesus, uh, both being scattered and then being brought back to the land. But those are just pictures. Those are also not just; they're very real, very real lives, and important. But they're also pictures <coughs> of, of uh, you know, God's church through Christ, right? And so, there we see in Revelation twelve the woman; she goes through a very difficult time. She's in the wilderness, and then many children come out of her, right? And so we see the same thing: the Lord. Then three, then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have mercy on you. And he will gather you again from all the peoples where the Lord your God has scattered you. If your outcasts are in the uttermost parts of heaven, from there the Lord your God will gather you. And from there he will take you. And the Lord your God will bring you into the land that your fathers possessed, that you may possess it. What's our promised land? It's the kingdom of God. It's the Garden of Eden, right? It's it's the place that Jesus occupied in this world it's heaven on earth right that's what jesus told us to pray for right so here god through moses is promising this very reality that we can enter into this thing and he will make you more prosperous and numerous than your fathers so he's talking about having a whole family not just one person who enters into it but a whole people of god that enters into it six and the lord your god will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring, so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, that you may live. That Jesus quoted that that's what it's all about, right? And so it's not about just our body, our physical flesh being circumcised. It's about our heart being circumcised. That our desire is to live our life for and in and through the Lord. And then down at 14, but the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you can do it. See, I've set, what was he saying? Oh, he's saying, yeah, I'm setting before you the choice of life and death, but it's not something impossible that you say, who will go for us? You're like, how will it happen? He said, the word is very near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart so that you can do it. So it is 
often the case of that the enemy will try to make us think things are impossible and we get overwhelmed. And the reality is God is always right there. We simply have to take one step in front of another and continue moving on, trusting in him, seeking him. And he brings this about. The enemy wants us to think it's some grandiose thing, and so we don't put off the the simple, dedicated life unto the Lord. Fifteen. See, I have set before you today life and good, life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today, by loving the Lord your God, by walking in His ways, and by keeping <coughs> His commandments and His statutes and His rules. Then you shall live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. And then 31. So then God starts setting up uh, Moses and Joshua for Joshua to succeed Moses. And he tells them, 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. So just as... God had taken care of the enemies before. He says, I will take care of the enemies. So as we take the promised land, there are difficulties. There's battles along the way. But don't get overwhelmed with how mighty the enemy is because he's nothing compared to the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. And so whatever difficulties we encounter are nothing compared to the Lord. And so Joshua is commissioned and... As I said, uh, God tells Moses, hey, <laughs> this is uh, these people, when you're gone, they're going to turn away from you. And so he has Moses create a song, which is going to be the next chapter, where they would teach songs, because the, the people didn't have their own copy of the Bible with them, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but if they learned a song, they could remember that song, and then it helps them to remember part of the Bible. See that? So he's going to have them create a song, and we'll do that next time. And it seemed like there were a lot of good little points along here, but I didn't highlight them, so I no longer remember them. Um, oh, he talks to them about every seven years at the Feast of Booths or Feast of Tabernacles, the fall feasts, when everyone comes to Israel to read the law, to remember the law, to gather as a people, and to remember this is our God, this is our way. Okay, I'm going to start a new recording. I don't know what was going on. It might be perfectly fine. It seems like that happened once, many months back, that it didn't seem to be recording, but it was. It, so, anyways, we're, so we've done, uh, we've done, what, Deuteronomy and the Psalm, and now we will turn to Isaiah. And then Isaiah 57 and 58 uh, 57.1 starts out, The righteous man perishes and no one lays it to heart. Devout men are taken away while no one understands, for the righteous man is taken away from calamity. He enters into peace. They rest into their beds who walk in their uprightness. So it says that when we walk in his ways, we enter into a life of peace, even if there's calamity around us, right? Because our life is not bound up in the things in this world, the things that happen to us. Our life is eternal, and we have an eternal perspective. Any event, even if it seems horrible to our natural life, it's just an event, something we're going through. We're in peace. It doesn't affect us. See that? 13, when you cry out, let your collection of idols deliver you. So he's, you know, he's railing against the people that are going after other ways and not his ways. 
The wind will carry all them all off, these idols. A breath will take them away. But he who takes refuge in me shall possess the land and shall inherit my holy mountain. So he says, I'm looking for a people that don't go after all these other ways. They go after me and they will inherit my everything, right? He owns everything. He created everything. He says they will inherit. They will possess this promised land. 14, and it shall be said, build up, build up, prepare the way, remove every obstruction from my people's way. For thus says the one. So remember when we were just talking about what uh, Moses and, and God said to Joshua is, you will take this promised land and trust in the Lord. He will remove the enemies from you. It's exactly what he, here uh, Isaiah is saying to us. Is the, this way will be established. This inheritance is yours. Trust in the Lord that he will remove every obstruction from my people's way. 15. For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place, and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Sounds similar to Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, right? that uh, he he looks after those who are contrite, who are lowly in spirit, who don't think of themselves as established and righteous in the Lord, but thinks of themselves as needing the Lord in every way, right? He says, I will lift these up and bless these from my high holy place. And then if we go to the next chapter, 58, the people are crying out, Three, why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. So he's saying, if we put on a religious show, that's kind of the question you just asked. If if we're doing religion and, and we begin to do it for ourselves instead of for the Lord, he says again, you have your reward. Mm-hmm. you're not doing anything for me. I don't care about your religion. I care about a life with you. And if you decide that your religion gets you off from having to do this life with me, then I consider it worthless, evil. Eight, then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. So this is, if you... If you walk with me, the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. That's pretty exciting, right? It's pretty amazing. 11. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. So no matter where you are, you could be in scorched places. But the Lord is satisfying your desire. He's guiding you continually. And make your bones strong and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. What did Jesus say? If we walk in his ways, rivers of living waters come out of us, right? Just as they did him. And so we see that and we see a scorched place, but we see rivers of living water coming out of his people because his glory is our rear guard, right? Uh, 12, and your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. The Garden of Eden reality back into a real reality for a people of God who have all chosen him. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. 
So the city of God being reestablished, right? And that's what a lot of uh, the end of Revelation is about. And then we are going to wrap up in Matthew 5 and 6. And I've decided, I've never read the complete Passion Translation uh, since I we now completed uh, ESV, the whole New Testament, because um, I'm still working my way through ESV for the first time in the Old Testament, but we've now finished the New Testament. I'm going to switch to the Passion Translation as, as often as I remember to switch uh, for the rest of the New Testament. And <laughs> I'm amazed at McShane how much the things we talk about are directly related with other parts of the reading and the way he's he he's put these things together because we were just talking about sermon on the mount and guess what now we're in the sermon on the mount um of course this passion translation is not exactly a translation he's adding a lot of his own thoughts into the translation so the translation is much longer than a, a straight translation uh, and so it reads quite differently uh Verse 8 says, What bliss you experience when your heart is pure, for then your eyes will open to see more and more of God. So he's saying, when when you truly simply want God and the way of God, the wisdom of God, the life of God, your eyes will be opened up more and more to actually experience that. 19, so whoever violates even the least important of the commandments and teaches others to do so will be called least in heaven's kingdom. But whoever obeys them and teaches their truths to others will be called great in heaven's kingdom. For your lives are more pure and full of integrity than the religious scholars and the Pharisees. You will never enter heaven's kingdom. So this is exactly what we were just talking about, right? I mentioned James. I think we are in, I don't remember if we are in Isaiah or Deuteronomy or Psalms, but He's saying that when we, let's see, what was it? So he's saying we can have a place in his kingdom, but be least when we don't go about his ways, right? But when we actually live his ways and teach his ways, we are great in heaven, in, in God's kingdom. You see that? Mm-hmm. That's that's not a popular uh, teaching in, in our sort of, democratic philosophy west way of understanding the scripture but just because our culture has given us an understanding of the way of god doesn't mean it's a right understanding right if it's apart from what the scripture teaches us is the way of god and i just highlight this just because it it gives an example of how different the passion is to others this is the lord's prayer starts in uh, chapter 6 verse 9 Pray like this, our beloved Father, dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth, just as it is in heaven. We acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day. Forgive us the wrongs we have done, as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. Rescue us every time we face tribulation and set us free from evil. For you are the king who rules with power and glory forever. Amen. Um, So I I think he does a great job of adding a lot of context to things. I've I've seen things before where I thought, ah, I think that's a little off. That obscures understanding. Um, So this should be taken with a, a grain of salt, but it's interesting. 
And then 16, when you fast, don't look gloomy and pretend to be spiritual. That they want everyone to know they're fasting, so they appear in public looking miserable and disheveled. Believe me, they've already received their reward. So he's saying, just like we talked about before, right? Mm -hmm. He's saying, live your life unto me, not to impress other people. And then there, and he goes into, then there will be treasure in heaven for you, right? And the chapter ends, so above all, constantly seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. When we understand that we are God's. That everything that happens to us is only allowed to happen by God's permission. And that he loves us and he takes care of us. We stop. This is a life and it's, it, it takes, mm -hmm. takes some time to enter in. My hope is that you guys get trained up understanding this. And, and I believe you'll be able to come much more quickly into it. Because you won't have the philosophy of the world directing you. Um, it's taken a much longer journey for me to walk in this understanding. I was just talking to your mommy yesterday about this. I remember Mr. Soon talking to me about these principles, and I understood the words he was saying years ago, but I wasn't living it. I'm living it much more, and, and perhaps in a few years I will say, wow, I'm living this much more than I was today. But... What rules do we live? Do we believe what the world is saying to us? Do we, oh, well, that's, well that, that's just being practical. Like, do we say, oh, that's practical. We have to understand that. We can't be spiritual about that. That's just practical. Oh, well, the experts say this, so that must be true. So we have to live by that, and we have to fit this in. We can live by the... We do live by the rules of the world so long as those, that is how we live. You're saying it's an actual life. It's not a religion that he invites us into. It is a life. And when we live according to the way of thinking and the way of doing, we, we enter into the life of God, the rules of this world no longer apply to us because we are above them. Kim, stop it. Because we are in the Lord. You see that? Again, you can understand the words, but it takes a living to truly know it and understand it. But that is the power. So 33, let's read it again. So above all, constantly seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. In other words, everything you need, everything you want, not everything your flesh wants, but everything you truly want will be given to you. Don't worry about it. He, he could puts flowers in the field. He gave Solomon nice clothes, right? He can do all these things. Don't worry about any of these things. Refu 34, refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of yourself. So seek the kingdom, walk in this way, and then treat life as a wonder. Well, look at this new thing. It's not what I wanted to happen, but how interesting. This is a new thing to deal with, right? If we have an eternal perspective, nothing that happens to us is a, it's a big deal, right? It's, nothing's a problem. Are you wanting to say something, Kellen? Uh-huh. What? We had this song in the car, and it literally, um, one of the lines is literally, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. 
That is great wisdom, isn't it? Well, that's all I have for today. Let's seek this life, okay? God bless you. The Lord bless, bless you. you. All right. Have a good day.